0: Okay, yeah, felt good about uh, what transpired yesterday. No surprises either way. Uh, it was uh, as we expected as far as how the, the, the signees uh, ended up. Um, signed eighteen players yesterday, and uh, we feel uh, really solid about uh, about the class. Addressed uh, a lot of needs. Uh, still have a few scholarships left over, and that is by design to. Uh, Address needs that may arise with uh, with the new uh, transfer rules that are most likely going to go into effect, and and, uh, and just movement uh, at the, uh, the semester break that typically happens. We've got to be ready to uh, to uh, address the needs that may arise. So, anyways, uh, we feel uh, like we're off to a good start with the 22 class. We're already started on those guys, and. And uh, the cycle never ends. It goes from uh, there's never a day off in recruiting, and it's it's constant. And our assistant coaches would be commended for their hard work, and and uh, they've done a good job as always, targeting targeting the right guys, and and getting our type of players uh, in the program. And uh, certainly was unique this year with no uh, official visits and no off-campus evaluations or recruiting home visits, that type of thing. So it was a whole different whole different animal, but uh, the result is very good. So uh, we feel like we're uh, in a good spot. So questions. Kyle, do you, do you see you guys signing in any more players during this, this signing period, or, or maybe in, you know, a couple of months when, when it's actually signing day? Either way, that could go down. We're not, uh, we're not going to rule that out. There's, you know, the portal has uh, new players in it every day, literally. And and, uh, so we just keep monitoring things and, and, uh, you know, we could add players, you know, in the ch- shortly here we may not be until, uh, summertime. There really is no time frame. We're going to get, take the best players available as they arise and as they become available. And, uh, like I said, wait, uh, wait, we'll probably hang on to at least a couple until, uh, you know, this, the second semester gets underway and, and, uh, we had the, uh, chance to see who's, uh, who may decide to, to go elsewhere. So, so, uh, that's, that's the plan going forward. Hey, Kyle. Good morning. Good morning, Josh. Um, obviously it's beneficial when a freshman can enroll early and be available for spring ball specifically at the quarterback position. How beneficial is it for, for that type of kid to get in early and and hit the ground running and, and just start learning? Yeah, it's a big benefit for any position, but in particular, as you mentioned, the quarterback spot, which is uh, the most difficult to grasp and the most to it as far as uh, new learning, and that's going to be a big advantage for Pete. He's uh, going to be able to be here and and uh, hopefully be in spring ball. We're hoping there's a spring ball, but uh, if nothing else, the meetings and the preparation, uh, you know, just with uh, with the quarterbacks and in the uh, in the meeting room and digesting the offense and, and getting going. So yeah, that's a, that's a big advantage. And we're excited that, uh, Pete is going to go that route. Just a quick follow-up in hindsight, you got Pete to commit pretty early back in April when you can get your number one quarterback on the board to commit early. What does that do for the rest of your class as you're trying to, you know, recruit and get kids to buy in? Well, it's a, it's a good thing. And, and that, uh, would go for any, uh, real high profile player that commits early that helps you, uh, you know, recruit other guys. I mean, it's, it uh, lets other guys know that uh, you got a good start to the recruiting class, and you you got quality players, and and uh, so that that is a benefit in that regard. And and uh, so certainly getting Peter early on was uh, a factor in, in getting some uh, some of these other guys. With the recruiting rules and regulations changed so dramatically in the spring and all that because of the COVID, you ended up I would assume saving a lot of money because coaches couldn't go anywhere. Do you think that the NCA or university presidents, or conference commissioners, or what have you, might decide that, hey, we can actually save some money. So everybody got a recruiting class this year. So do you think this could have changes to what's allowable in the future as far as recruiting? That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it in those terms. Uh, I certainly hope not, because going out on the recruiting trail and getting in the homes and and building relationships with these players uh, is a, a huge part of the recruiting process. And and even though you can build those relationships somewhat over Zoom and, and that type of thing, it's just not the same as the in-person experience. And for the recruits' sake, I hope it doesn't change because they they deserve to be able to physically get on the campuses that they uh, are considering and uh, meet the coaches in person. And I think that's such a, a integral part of, of the whole process. Even though it can be done without it, I, I hope they don't go that direction because uh, I think it's not fair to the uh, student-athletes. Kyle, can you describe the, I guess, chase for lack of a better term of Ethan Calvert and what he brings to this program? And is he the type of talent that will challenge for a starting job day one? Absolutely. He's the type of talent that will will challenge. He's, uh, he's a terrific player. Uh, we identified him years ago. In fact, uh, when we were in the home recruiting his, uh, older brothers and he was just a little guy, you know, seventh, eighth grade. And, uh, and, and so, uh, known Ethan for a lot of years, and we've had him uh, on our radar for a lot of years, and he just kept getting better and bigger and stronger and developing. and And uh, you know, it's a it's a great football family. I mean, uh, David, the dad, played here at Utah, and uh, so it was it was something that uh, we had. That was a you know probably all all together you know five six years that that we've known about Ethan, and uh, we're excited to have him. He's uh, as I mentioned yesterday in the press conference. He's, uh, the whole package, he's got the size, the speed, uh, the intelligence, the instincts, uh, he's a fierce competitor. And so, you know, we expect him to, uh, be in the mix right away. Now, a little bit of a two-part question here. Why, why was things a little bit, um, stable coming into this recruiting class? Why was not there not a lot of, of kind of movement? And then also how many, um, of these kids do you expect to sign early and come in in January to compete? And why is that happening? Well, the, uh, you know, just the uh, stability. Every year is a little bit different. Some years there are some last-minute decisions and and some guys that uh, you either get or lose uh, at the last hour. But uh, this year was more, and, and I guess maybe it's because of the uh, the uh, the way that the recruiting process went, with nobody taking visits and everyone, you know, just locked in earlier without uh, you know without having the experience of, of going to the different campuses. Maybe it made it easier for in some respects for these guys to make a choice i don't know i don't have a great answer but uh, i know that we are uh we we signed every single kid at the early signing period we're not waiting on anybody for the second signing period not right now anyways we could identify somebody but uh and then what was the most second part of your question I'm getting really old just how many of those guys do you expect to enroll early have, and why did that keep why do, why what's the benefit of that i guess OK, well, first of all, the benefit of early enrollee is of an early or for an early enrollee is is, uh, you know, manifold. Number one, academics you get a you head start uh, a whole semester of academics that uh, you wouldn't have gotten, which gets you off to a, a great start and, and accelerates the process towards graduation. Uh, the football aspect of it, you get an entire spring ball, assuming there is a spring ball to uh, get under your belt. And then when you come in fall, you've already got a great uh foundation built and and you've already been exposed to to everything it's not brand new in the fall and so when you're getting ready for the season it's you're, you're much further advanced uh the and the prior to the spring ball the uh the winter conditioning is also a big benefit getting, getting integrated with your teammates and, and working out with the guys and it's a much better way to uh develop your body than if you're just home trying to do it on your own so so there's a lot of a lot of benefits to that um how many guys we got coming in? Uh, we have uh, 10, 10 players that will be enrolling in January. And uh, that's, that's what over half the class. And when you figure in the four players who are already here this fall that count in that class, we've got uh, 14 guys that that are here already or will be here for, for spring semester, uh, which is probably the highest number we've ever had. And that seems to be getting growing each year, the, the early graduation It has been a trend and a growing trend for several years, and it just keeps getting uh, further and further pushed in that direction. So I believe the other morning you said that Cam Rising would be out for spring ball because he has the uh, injury, and that's obviously you just said assuming there is a spring ball. So with that in mind, I don't know the status of Bentley, but if he doesn't come back, does that mean the only scholarship quarterback you'd have available for spring ball would be this incoming freshman? That would mean that if nothing changes between now and then, but uh, I'm going to tell you, there's a really uh, good likelihood that uh, you know we'll continue to try to address that position, and and uh, that would be worst case scenario what you just mentioned. And I don't think we're going to get to worst case scenario. I think we're going to be able to uh, have a, a good situation uh, by spring ball. So that obviously be through transfers, could be, could be, or or guys like I said that are that haven't signed yet. Although there's very few of those guys left. Uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but I would guess ninety percent plus of the uh, scholarships have already been uh, utilized at this first signing period. But uh, yeah, transfers is is uh, is the other avenue, obviously, and that that would probably be more likely to go that route. Kyle, with five linebackers in this class, do you expect all of those guys to stay at that position? obviously from a defensive standpoint, that's the one spot on your defense that you have the most limited amount of players actually on the field and based on your scheme. So I'm wondering, do you guys plan on moving some of these incoming guys around or are they all going to stay in that room? Odds are they won't all stay at linebacker. And we've already got a couple guys that we know are very versatile and, uh, you know, may, may get their start at defensive end. And so to answer your question, no, I don't foresee all five uh, remaining at linebacker. They may all, uh, Take reps there for for at least a portion of, or a period of time, but but uh, we'll balance things out and make sure that uh, we get people in the right spots and, and where they have the highest ceilings. And that's that's pretty much our mo. Every year is is to get guys where we think they have uh, the best chance to to uh, develop and, and become the best player they can be. And so we just happen to have a lot of on paper right now linebackers, but uh, we'll get it all balanced out. Kyle, did did it help? Sending seven guys to the league for you to get this class and, you know, because it's obviously stacked with, with with town from top to bottom. Did it help when you when you guys sent seven guys, you know, drafted to the league? Absolutely. Uh, recruits take note of that. And we've had more players drafted uh, than any team in the Pac-12 over the last, I can't remember the exact time frame, four, five, six years. There's, there's a time frame there that we have had the most uh, draftees any team in the Pac-12. And that's absolutely a selling point. I mean, why, why wouldn't it be? You want to, you know, when recruits get here, they they should want two things, a degree and a chance to play at the next level. And uh, our coaches are doing a great job of offering both those things to them. Kyle, as you move through the rest of this week and then into February, what do you view as the biggest position of need right now? Well, it could be quarterback, depending on what transpires with the seniors. Uh, running back you know, we lost uh, as we've already talked about uh, a few days ago with jordan and uh and devin so that's a position that, that would need uh, or could use a, a little bit of a a, uh, a bolster um depending on uh who else transfers you know i'm sure we're not going to hang on to everybody that's just not the, the reality of it, that you know something' something will materialize in the way of of needs at a certain position but Right now, I can't make that prediction. Uh, we need another wide receiver, most likely. That would be something that uh, we've got on our radar as well. And so we just you just got to continue to uh, address needs as they arise. But we we know right now that there is a, a couple needs that are that are, have already arisen.